Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Welcome to another episode of Business Black Belts. I'm David Golding. I have the pleasure to be here with Chris Cochran from Blue Chip Solutions. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's absolutely a privilege to have you here. You know, we've had an opportunity to get to know each other through this process, and um, I'm really excited to, to dive into some of the different things uh, that you've accomplished and experienced in your life. Um, maybe the best place to start is just with, uh, you know, who you are. Just give us a little bit of uh, insight into Chris Cochran. Yeah, sure, Dave. Thanks. Again, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, you know, my background spans, uh, you know, quite, quite a many years. Uh, I started my, my career in, uh, believe it or not, yellow page sales. Um, and so I have, uh, I was door to door. And interestingly enough, I was selling yellow pages with Donnelly directory. So it wasn't even with, you know, the top notch. I was, but I think I honed my skills from a, a business perspective, uh, you know, learning uh, to interact with people. And so, you know, uh, I think I had mentioned to you before that, you know, as a person, I have evolved in how uh, I do business and uh, I've evolved how I communicate with my customers, how I communicate with my employees. And so I think uh, that's made for a, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 a much easier process in the growth of my, my career. So um, I've enjoyed every, uh, every element of that for sure. Great. So you have a background in wrestling. Let's talk about, you know, you and I both have that in common. Not that I have a background, but my kids wrestle. So I've come to know the sport very well. But, you know, you come from a wrestling family, which I've gotten to know some wrestling families uh, through the years. And, and that uh, is an incredible um, dynamic, usually, that breeds a lot of success because of you know how challenging the sport is. Do you want to just talk briefly about uh, how wrestling has impacted, you know, your life. And, and, and in particular, I think, you know, how it's made you a better business leader. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great point. And wrestling is uh, really, uh, has taught me, of course, the struggles of defeat and success. And, and I think, you know, you know, this background too, which is it's an individual sport, right? You're based on a, in a team, but you know, look, when you go out on that mat, it's you against that person, win or lose, um, you've got to face the music. And so I've had my share of lots of winning, I think. I always tell a funny story. This is interesting. When I was uh, in ninth grade, it was I wrestled since I was a little kid. And it was my very first match in high school, uh, very first one. And um, my name was you know, pretty well known. My brothers are you know, all Americans and state champs. And here's the new Cochran coming up. And I go out in the match, and I get my butt whooped. I get beat by a senior, 11 to 2. I'll never forget the score. That score doesn't even indicate the beating I took. But I remember coming off that mat. I was upset. I think I was crying. My dad, my brother, my brother was there for this. I mean, he's well known. And they said, that's your last match you'll ever wrestle. And I said, I'm crying. I said, how could that be possible? He said, because you're not going to embarrass the family like that. You're not going to go out there and give up. And, and I remember my brother sort of hammering me. And I, and it, and now that seems like really tough love, but I was, I think at the time I was wrestling 132. My dad says, you're over the weight. You need to be down 126. Three days later, I was at 126. And this is funny. I never lost a dual match in high school except that one match all through high school. 
any other matches I had lost were in, in tournaments in, in, in states or regionals. But that's the only match I ever lost in, in um, through my career. Wow. And, um, and, it, and the only point to that is that it, it took tough love for me to understand the struggle and really go out and try to, to win and be better. And, he, and I think my parent, my dad knew that, he knew what I needed at that moment. Um, He's a good guy, but I think he wanted to really push me and, and, and tell me where I needed to be. So, yeah, wrestling has, has absolutely guided me through my career um, to when I'm, I'm knocked down or business is not good and um, is to fight, um, to fight through things. Yeah. yeah, it's a great story. It's a great story. And, and also to, to uh, have that many wins, especially starting as a, as a freshman, is incredibly unusual in uh, yeah. In wrestling, so a small school, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, that's that's amazing. What a what a legacy and a story there. Um, let's talk somewhat about your business. Like, how did you get uh, your start in business? You know, what uh, inspired you to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I look at my my father inspired me because when I was a little kid, he would take me on the road with him. He was a uh, a salesman who sold uh, auto. Uh, products to dealers. I mean, he would, again, door to door, he'd go to the dealerships. He would go to um, conventions and he would display his, you know, his wares, I guess. And I remember being a little kid, he'd take me along and I'd sit there and I was always mesmerized by my father. He sort of, I, I saw this guy who could take something and and that they had no interest or they would say they really thought this was crummy and he could persuade them in a way, uh, not not to hoodwink them, but really show them the value. Right. And so I always felt like, man, that I can I can attach to something like that. And um, and that really has always been you know, I've worked for big companies. I worked for Hewlett Packard. I worked for a company locally called iGate, Nasdaq, whatever you want to call it. For I was the head of global sales for them uh, for, for over 10 years. So um, all those experiences led me to a point where I had to make that decision to become an entrepreneur. And honestly, People have asked me, what, what was the toughest part of that? Or what was the toughest decisions you made along that point? It's actually just making that decision. And I remember consulting people and saying, you know, what am I doing? Should I do this, not do this? And they said, Chris, and I don't take ownership of this. The hardest thing to do is to actually just do it. And, and that, was, that was the moment I knew um, it was risky. It, you know, it was a, a situation where I had consistent uh, dollars coming through pretty well. And so to go from that to that, um, you know, I knew I, I knew I needed to go for it. And I liked being my own boss. And I liked being able to do things better and treating people, right? And also work with nice people. I always uh, sort of, that's my motto is, I want to work with nice people. And, and that's important. That's really good. Um, what a story. You know, it, it's interesting how many things you and I have in common because that's what someone, um, the advice I got uh, when I was uh, wringing my hands about asking my wife to marry me was uh, <laughs> a mentor of mine said, the hardest part is just making the decision, right? I mean, if this is something you want to do, just go do it. Why are you, uh, why are you thinking about it, right? So I love that's right. that. that, that yeah. That's great advice. So, um, Talk to us about what the business does. You know, you, you, you mentioned how, you know, you're always evolving and, you know, that's clearly a, a testament to your success. How has the business evolved over the years? 
Well, you know, when I first started the business, it started off as really an IT staffing company. Um, I knew early on that I needed to get revenue. And so for me, it was, hey, how can I cherry pick through my um, relationships to um, find positions for people? And so that's how the, 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 the company started, really. And, and then it evolved. It evolved into me branching out into um, consulting, right? Uh, consultants, uh, again, staffing at its core. And then it morphed into really solutions. Um, I would tell you that staffing represents maybe 30%, 40% of the business. Uh, the other 60% is solutions-based. And so what I mean by that is managed services, where we're, um, companies are outsourcing their IT to us. Um, and, you know, that, again, when you look at the broad base of clients we have, uh, from whether it's high-tech manufacturing, um, we do school districts. So we manage uh, many you know, different school districts, their IT functions. And so that's also enabled us as a company to evolve during COVID. And that was an interesting time um, that we evolved and really had to, I think, be progressive in our ideas and how we approached things. Because traditionally, we were on site. We had teams on site. We had a team that was off site. Well, where do you do when, during COVID? Everybody's going off site, virtual Right? The world changed very quickly. And as an IT company, we recognized that and we had to really address those issues with our clients. And so, you know, I think that's, you know, our business has evolved, you know, from staffing all the way up to managed services. Um, we work with universities, do a lot of work. Um, we do a lot of work with, uh, you know, Penn State is one of our major clients. Um, and so we, uh, we're, we're highly involved in that, that piece of the business. Love it. That's um, really, you know, being able to accomplish, you know, that 60-40 split. Uh, I've spent most of my career in IT services and um, it is very different. You know, the staffing world and the managed services world are so different. How have you been able to kind of cross that chasm in the sense that you know, staffing um, serves a you know a, a very important function, but it's a little bit more transactional um, than managed services, right? Because managed services, you're really taking on um, a lot of responsibility, and so there needs to be a lot of trust. You're always going to have ups and downs in those relationships. Um, you know, how were you able to uh, do that? Because again, I've always said that, you know, it's almost like you're trying to serve these two different masters and that that really can get you uh, in trouble, right? So I'm fascinated by the fact that you've been able to do that. How have you done it? Yeah, I think in its simplest terms, I, I understand the staffing. I understand for the longest time, right? As I mentioned, I worked for Maztec one of the leading staffing organizations back in the in the 90s and going into 2000. Um, so I understood, uh, I understand people. I think I'm pretty good at, at that. And so I think the simplest way to say is I surrounded myself with good people. You know, I don't know everything, but I, I am pretty good at judging who knows better than me. I don't have all the answers, but I think I'm, I'm good at getting those around me to have better answers than myself. And so I follow that. Um, I follow um, and trust that, uh, you know, that's I'm making those good decisions when hiring people. So in, in many ways, you know, when you look at staffing, yes, it's at its core, it's very baseline. You know, uh, 
as I said, you go into consulting, you're now billing people hourly. So um, you can kind of bring in, you can search. My point is you're already in the space. So you're, you're really defining yourself and saying to clients, hey, look, we're more than just this. And that's hard, right? But I think you just need a break. You need a door that opens. And so I've been blessed to say, hey, there have been doors that have been open for me where, um, you know, I tell my story and they, they give you a chance. And you, you live in, it's like wrestling, right? And, I, and I, it's very similar. It's living on that edge. And I think I've always loved that idea that I want people to entrust in me. I'm going to deliver. I'm going to work hard. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver results. You can trust that I can get it done. And I may make mistakes, and I'll tell you when I make a mistake, but I'm going to correct those mistakes. So I think honesty and and um, delivering to a customer, those are real focuses for me. I, I Customers are not a number to me, genuinely. I, I am I'm, 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 I'm the founder of the business. I've, you know, technically I'm present. I don't even like that term. Um, I am really in the trenches, and I really think – that's important. You know, I'm on the phone with clients on little things and on big things. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. So to me, that's, that's what makes my business run. And um, I think also people work for me and respect that. And I respect them. And I think that's important. I think it's really important. And it, it is somewhat of a rarity, I think. Um, what I hear you saying is that, you know, you, you put your employees and your customers first, um, you know, before yourself. And I think that's a very difficult thing to do. I, I've, I struggled to do that in my own life, but when I do, it really pays off, right? And not that I'm doing it for a payoff as much as I just see better outcomes, um, you know. Uh, yeah. So that being said... Maybe you, I'm sorry, you, you're right. I mean, you had mentioned, you know, I think it's very important and you make the great point, which is, you know, when you do things in life um, and you're, you're building a business, I'm not always looking for what I get in return. Right. There are things I've done 10 years ago that all of a sudden kind of come back and help me today. It's all that foundation we lay in the past a year ago, two years ago, someone I met, someone I, I struck a conversation with. They remembered me. Maybe I follow back up with a note. Um, there are people that have, I've talked to have never done business with me, but I, I never look at it that way. I feel like at some point, maybe that'll come back around. You actually made that point. Um, and I think that's where we have similarities where you kind of you're doing things because, you know, for the betterment of, of that person, because eventually it comes back and helps you as a business ultimately. I think. Yeah. 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 There's, you know, something Miles has been teaching me um, is the power of intention, right? So if we're doing things with the right intent, um, you know, then we're going to have good outcomes. But if we get our wires crossed and get focused on the wrong intent, right, which is just to make money, essentially, you know, um, right, so, right, right. We, you know, that's uh, what gets me out of bed in the morning is I have a responsibility to the business, you know, to, to bring in revenue. But, you know, that doesn't mean my first, uh, it, you know, that my primary intent should be making money, right? My primary intent should be about helping people, right? Finding the people who need the help and then seeing if we can match up our services with them. So I think, uh, you know, I hear you saying the same thing uh, relative to your business, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you're dead on. I agree with yeah. you. Good. So um, I'd like to talk a little bit about, um, you know, there's another part of your life, which uh, 
I think people need to hear about, um, even though it's going to be difficult uh, to talk about. And, um, you know, something very profound, you know, has happened to you. And, uh, you know, you're, you, you are a family man and, and I, you know, and getting to know you, you know, clearly you've uh, been very dedicated to your family and to your faith. And, you know, one of your children, um, has become a, a incredible inspiration to a lot of people. Um, and so I'd just like to hear you, you know, talk about that. I think it's, uh, a really, um, again, a difficult thing, but uh, you know, something that I think people need to hear. Yeah, thanks, Miles. Um, yeah, it is. It is difficult. Um, I, I, on August twenty sixth of twenty twenty, those those are marked in my my brain. Um, my son, my twenty two year old son, who had just graduated from from college, um, had an unbelievable future ahead of him. He was a standout on every level. Uh, certainly from a talent perspective, he was, but most importantly, as a human being, he was just, oh, he's remarkable. That's the word I can, you know, there's not enough earthly terms to describe my son. I always say, I have no, it's unlimited. Uh, but he uh, he was diagnosed with cancer, uh, a cancer called cholangiocarcinoma. Now at the time, I never heard of that. I couldn't spell it. I don't, you know, I, it was the worst of the worst. Uh, we were literally, when we told he had cancer, um, he was stage four, and that was a difficult time to be in that doctor's room to deal with that. Uh, I can tell you, I almost fell over, uh, David. I, I, when they said it, uh, but not my son. He was calm and he said he understood it. Um, he literally, I asked a question, "How much time do I have left?" Um, and you know, it's an unusual thing to see a twenty-two-year-old react like this. But he. Um, he had terminal cancer. We knew it. He knew it. Um, but he accepted that burden when when uh, he was told. As a matter of fact, he's quoted as he told us this as parents. We said, hey, we're sorry. He said, it's okay. Um, he said, I'd rather this be me than anyone else have this. And um, he always stressed that. Um, and, you know, we followed his journey over the course of the year. Unfortunately, Christian passed away September 1st. Um, of this past year, 2021. Um, and, but one of the things that Christian told us that was so important, and I, it reminds me every day, and I say this to anyone, you know, that's, that's listening to this and in business and in life. Um, Christian used to remind me of myself and my, and my wife and his, and his brother and sister, what's good about today? And you take that and you realize here's a guy who's at the, you know, height of his life, um, has it all, and he's reminding us what's good about the day. And it was his daily reminder to us as humans to look and seek beauty in the day, no matter how difficult it can be. And certainly in today's day and age, it's a, it's a message that's well needed and so much that's going on. So we take that, uh, you know, he gave us, he gave us all, um, all the messages. He he pointed us in all the right directions. He told us what he wanted done with uh, a foundation. He said he wanted to give back to the poor. He wanted to give back to those who are in need. He wanted to help um, those to bring them back into faith. And that was Christian's, you know, that is his legacy. It's not the talent, which is extraordinary talent. You, you can type in Christian Cochran in Google. You'll find all kinds of information on Christian. But it's really the kindness, the love, the random acts of love that Christian provided daily, all the time, 
um, to to everyone he knew, and that's what's special about him. So yeah, it's a, it's a difficult thing, David, to go through, but you know we find uh, hope every day that uh, we can do good and help those who are in need and um, just live a good life overall. Yeah, it's um, it, it's something that when you and I were talking um, about Christian and and uh, you know what what is a tragedy. Um, at the same time, God is so good at using, um, I, I don't even like the word using as much as, um, you know, if we turn to him, uh, he will not only get us through it, but he will um, make something from it, right? He will, uh, you know, we have a, a saying in our house that you can't outgive God, Um you know, we've, right. uh, you know, and our kids, you know, similar to you, you know, our, our kids kind of remind us of that, you know, just like Christian said, what's good about today? Um, you know, once in a while when we're uh, belly aching, um, you know, my daughter or my son will just say, well, you can't outgive God. So, you know <laughs> it's true. Do, right. <laughs> so, it's, it's so true. You're, you're so right. And it, that's wisdom. Yeah. So true. Yeah. But yeah. I'd like to talk about, you know, that experience because I think, um, you know, some of the things that have happened uh, since Christian's passing, in particular, you know, the things that you've learned about, you know, that, that you didn't know that, that he had done. And then also just some of the things that people have done, in particular, you know, with the Pittsburgh Foundation and, and um, your church. There's some really powerful things that have happened in a very short amount of time. Yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, I, I think I mentioned to you this is you don't like to say this is easy, but it has been somewhat easy in a sense that things are happening without his mom and dad's involvement in a sense. And so to me, that is the greatest, that's an amazing gift. So yeah, they are, they're breaking. Um, I think they made the announcements uh, a week ago, um, you know, that the church is dedicating a large space down in the strip district, which we were part of the parish at St. Stanislav. Uh, it's an old Polish church, about 130 years old. They're celebrating this this coming up. Uh, but they felt it enough that they wanted to dedicate a full space, which is open to the public, right on the main street there in Smallman, uh, where they're going to build, build a large water feature, fountain. Um, there'll be a dedication. I believe it's going to be May 22nd. Um, and so, you know, you know the, this is going to be called What's Good About Today. Right, it's the what's good about today fountain waterscape, and so we we do believe and you know that this will be a destination place for folks who are in town that that becomes a very well known place, and that will tell the story of Christian and we'll, of course there'll be a a plaque in his face and his story and very concise, uh, but to remind everyone that what's good about today, I can tell you in the last six months since Christian's passing, of course. I always say this, he was he was magical before that. He was magical uh, before he had cancer. He truly was. Uh, but you see the, the tremendous love and outpouringness um, and lives that have been changed as a result of this. Uh, Christian's messaging, people write me. I get, I'm, I'm received so many emails a day, uh, letters a day, comments a day about Christian's legacy and how their lives have been changed. Whether it was someone who... Um, I got one the other day who, uh, a girl, I, I had no idea from IUP. She was a freshman. She said, I was in a very dark place. I did not want to be there. But yet here your son came to me 
He was inclusive. He brought me in. He gave, showed me love. This wasn't his girlfriend. This is just someone who, who knew him. And she says, he, he changed my life forever. I had no uh, faith. I had no one to look to. They, uh, your son gave me love and inclusiveness that I could never experience, never will. And so we document those things as a family. We have a what's good about today.org or christiancochran.org where you can see tributes and stories. They're remarkable stories from, from nurses to students, uh, people who have just met him for five minutes. Um, I have a, a wonderful story about a nurse who met Christian uh, when he was at the Cleveland Clinic and, he, and she knew he was in trouble. She said her job was to transport Christian from one facility to the next. He's just in the wheelchair. And my job is to make them happy. That's my job. Take their mind off things. And she says, my life was changed forever, spending just that walk over to the next facility with Christian in the wheelchair. I tried to ask him about his life, but he changed everything in instant one to know everything about my life. Right? And so that's the way Christian was. He, he, she says, he didn't owe me anything, but he gave me everything. He made me feel important. He made me want to know about my life and the good that I was doing. And so, it, it, you know, here's someone who's going to pass away. He knew it, but he understood his place and how he wanted to do good. And so um, that's what this fountain's about and the stories and, and bringing life to that to everybody and continue to do that. Hmm. Yeah, there's a really interesting thing that came to mind as you were talking. You know, there was, uh, I believe that, you know, God puts callings on people's lives. And clearly to me, you know, I, I've been fortunate to know some people who, you know, I, I think we all have callings, but um, have very overt, very uh, clearly defined callings, right? So that story, those two stories, um, and you told me a bunch of other ones, uh, tell me that, you know, he was... Um, here for a purpose and and he knew that purpose and you know it was just uh very um clear to him you know what what he was here to do and and so he did that and now the beautiful thing is you know those of us who are from Pittsburgh know that the strip, strip district you know there's a lot of uh good and bad that happens there right and you know so it's it's uh you know there's a lot of bars and things and um i believe god you know there's a there's light and dark in this world. And uh, it's really fascinating to me that um, within six months of his passing, uh, there's been a decision made to put some light in that darkness, um, you know, based on his legacy, his memory. And I have no doubt, you know, as someone who used to do a lot of drinking down there in the strip district and, you know, too. <laughs> that there are going to be people that pass by that and uh, think about, um, you know, stop and read about him and, and uh, you know, he'll continue to uh, impact people even though, you know, he's not here physically anymore. That's powerful. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm blessed. Um, it's, it's, sometimes it can be difficult to think you're blessed that you lose your son. Um, but, you know, Christian lived uh, many lifetimes. I mean, there's people who live their whole life. They could be, live to be 100. But Christian's life of 23 years is extraordinary. It's extraordinary because, I mean, I, I know myself. Uh, I don't think I could live, you know, my story is nothing like that. You know, I never, you know, I'm trying to be that way. Christian's kind of a guide to, 
to me to be a better person, to treat, you know, uh, my fellow man uh, with no judgment, right? That was one of the Christian sort of ways is no judgment. So, you know, I think I, I take that to heart. Uh, I do not judge before I, I talk. I try to approach things in a different way. And I think that's helped me, obviously, as a human perspective, because I have a family. Right? I have a wife that's grieving. I have um, he has two other siblings, all very close. And uh, we're a close-knit family. And it's been, uh, it's been hard. But we draw upon the goodness of what Christian left and his legacy and I think that's what inspires us to to get up every day, to do do all the good things that we can in this world while we're here. And so business is important. It's a part of my life. It's a part of your life. Um, it's 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 I certainly interject my my ways in, into that. Um, and, it, 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 you know, it's, it's just one of those things. We all came out of COVID. That was tough as a business. Um, for me, it was COVID. My son gets cancer. You know, I have to deal with all that. I only to say I'm not perfect, but I, I think it's just to say, look, you get beat up, you get back up, you keep moving along, um, you try to do the best you know you can, and I think it's what I'm I'm trying to do every day. Yeah, every day. you're doing a very good job of it, and it's it's inspirational to me. And um, you know, you said a lot of things that that I needed to hear, and, and that have um, you know made me think about you know just my own life and things that I'm doing, and and um, you know, both in business and, and as a husband and a father, um, you know, just to kind of, uh, pivot again, um, what do you like to do with, with your free time? I'm sure you don't have very much of it. Uh, but you know, um, what does Chris like when he's just trying to, uh, relax and, and blow off steam? Uh, <laughs> interestingly enough, I, you know, after Christian's passing, um, I joined a paddle tennis league. Um, and I, you're probably like, what? I mean, in North Park. So I joined this league. I never played paddle tennis in my life. Now I played tennis as a kid. It's just kind of a contradiction because I, I wrestled too. But I was the number one player in tennis in high school, which is shocking. Um, you know, I always wanted to wrestle the guy because he would make a bad call. You know, so it was a, kind of a weird thing. But I, I did that because I, I wanted just to blow off steam, go outside of my element. I met people that didn't know my story, who didn't, again, I, I use the term judgment. They had no judgment. They didn't know me from, from Adam. Um, so I think it was a way for me to, and I still do it. I practice every week. It's a way for me to literally go into a zone. Um, I can hear Christian tell me, you know, uh, this is what you got to do. Um, and so I... You know, it's the thing I do for fun. I like the guys that I, I play with. They're all good guys. And it, it lets me be maybe what I used to be a little bit. And uh, I, I like that. So that's how I blow off steam. If, if I'm blowing off steam, other than that, I'm always with family. But, you know, that's that's the one thing I'll do. Yeah, very cool. Sounds very yeah. healthy to me. That uh, I'm glad to hear that you've – seriously. You know, I you need to do something healthy, that's for sure. <laughs> You're right. Well, I – I'm the same, right? I mean, it's uh, you got to make time for yourself and find things, you know, that keep that that uh, competitor and athlete alive, even you know, as we age and and uh, the bodies let us down. I'm glad to hear that you're still doing that. That's very cool. Yeah, I think my wife reminds me you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of others, and that's a it's a good reminder um, because it's hard, you know, if you're someone who wants to give or wants to, put, you know, again. My wife and I spent the last year with his aunt and uncle 
really trying to save Christian's life. I mean, he was at every institution from Cleveland Clinic to Sloan Kettering in New York. We were everywhere, Boston Mass, to try to solve this problem. And we, we did everything uh, to try to win. God, it wasn't in our plan, you know. Uh, we thought we, you know, we, we begged, borrowed, and stealed and pleaded with God to give us this opportunity, but it just wasn't to be. So, um, you know, my wife does remind me every day, hey, take care of yourself, do the things so you can take care of others. And so I try to remind myself of that when I go do these things to try to take some time to reflect and take care of myself so that I can be there for others, be there if I have two more kids, of course, and they're wonderful. Um, so I'm, I, I try to do that. My beautiful wife, of course. Yeah, that's great. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Chris. How can people find you? What's the best way to, to reach you? Well, there's a couple ways. Uh, I, I'd also tell anyone to go seek out the Christian Cochran, uh, org, which tells the story of Christian. Um, you can see his life right there, uh, all the stories. Um, on a business side, you know, you can, uh, you can, um, at bluechipsolutions.com. Uh, That's B L U, no E. C-H-I-P solutions with an S.com. I've said that a million times, I can tell you. So, you know, uh, my email, of course, is chris at bluechipsolutions.com. And, um, you know, I uh, appreciate this opportunity to speak to you, David. You're a great guy, and uh, I hope we get to speak more often, and uh, I really do appreciate that. Yeah, we're definitely going to stay in touch. We have to. We have so much in common. Um, and being right here in the same city, it would be a shame not to, right? So I agree. I agree. Uh, Definitely look forward to that. Uh, Chris Cochran, Blue Chip Solutions, and uh, Chris Christian dot org. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, uh, or, or what's or what's good about today dot org is fine too. You'll, you'll yeah. Find it. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, thanks so much, Chris. Talk to you soon. Wonderful. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Business Black Belts. Should you want to see more content on both the show, marketing, and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks.